Welcome to Communicast, a communication skills podcast. I'm Scott D'Amico, president of Communispond, which is a global communication skills training organization. Today, I am talking with Alex Resnick, founder and president of Evolve Leadership. Alex and team work with growing businesses that know the importance of developing their people, have sales teams looking to close more deals, and individuals seeking the essential skills for a successful career. Check out the episode to hear our discussion around self-awareness, why you need to release your ego, and what he learned from his dad around always leaving things and people better than how you found them. I hope you enjoy. Alex, thank you for joining me today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Glad to be here. To kick things off, why don't you just tell the listeners out there a little bit about yourself, your journey, and really what you're working on today. Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Alex Resnick. I'm the founder and president of Evolve Leadership. We focus uh, on core principles around self-awareness, expanding emotional intelligence, and really sharpening communication skills as it relates to their career and their business. So a little bit about me, uh, my background, I spent about the last 14 or 15 years or so in sales and business development. I worked uh, for large corporations. I worked for early stage startups. I sold uh, to individuals and small companies all the way up to um, you know, mid-market and enterprise. And throughout that, you know, selling software and services, um, and then also starting some companies of my own, uh, and you know, obviously currently uh, consulting with Evolve, um, there was always this kind of common theme to my career that not only navigated my career decisions, but also helped me be successful in sales. And that was really a very strong focus on communication skills and interpersonal skills. But even deeper than that, having self-awareness and raising emotional intelligence as a daily practice in my life, both personally and professionally. Outstanding. Thank you for sharing that. And with, with a career that spans being in software sales, starting your own organizations, doing consulting, probably some big complex types of deals, working with a wide range of organizations of shapes and sizes, and especially now working a lot on that startup side, probably come into contact with a lot of folks with varying communication skills, some not so great, some really strong. Right. So from your perspective, really, what does it mean to be a great communicator? I, I love that question because I feel like communication skills and, you know, even, even things around emotional intelligence and, and self-awareness, but especially communication skills, I feel like it's very misunderstood. Mm-hmm. And so with communication skills, what it means to be a great communicator, I think it's more about the energy and how you're showing up in a conversation, in a relationship, in an interaction how you're making the other person feel. Do they feel understood? Do they feel connected? Do they feel safe and they can trust you? There's no judgment there. And it has a lot more to be, it has a lot more to do with who you're being for this person and more of the, honestly, the the connection between two people than it does with being the smooth talker, the funniest person, the extrovert, the loud mouth. I think a lot of people, they think, oh, communication. Well, I'm not an extrovert right? Or, or I'm not that outgoing. And it's not really about that. It's more about how are you leaving people after an interaction with them? Are you able to connect with them? Are you able to influence outcomes um, from those conversations? And so it comes more from an energetic place that starts within. I agree. Oftentimes the, the person that is, they're loud, 
little rambunctious. They're very comfortable in a group or comfortable being on a stage. Those are looked to as, oh, this person's a great communicator. They're a strong communicator. And just because you're comfortable communicating, maybe you're an extrovert, doesn't necessarily mean that you're good at it. Right. And you hit on something important there. It's how did you leave the other person at the end of your interaction? Right. Because really the heart of communication is you're trying to persuade or move someone to do something, whether it's yeah. to think differently, believe differently, act differently, purchase something. You really need to be thinking about that other person and you hit on you're making them feel safe, focusing on how do you show up? You know, are you doing those connections? So yeah. what are some things that you do to help you elicit those things or bring them about to make people feel safe and connected when you're interacting with them? Yeah, I think there's a number of things that you can do that kind of fall under the, you know, emotional intelligence or self-awareness umbrella, if you will. But the first thing and the thing that I would encourage anyone to do is start by being a great listener. And it's funny because when people get nervous about becoming a good communicator, I'm almost like, good, you don't actually have to talk that much. Just be a better listener. And there's your fast track to being a better communicator. Um, and so one of the things is I like to refer to it as empathetic listening. The definition is really the same as active listening, but I think active listening, what I found is people end up focusing too much on the body language to appear that they're paying attention, right? And so they do the really intense eye contact and the nods and you're kind of like, <laughs> oh man, this person read about active listening and they're not really paying attention. And, um, and you know, they use your name too much and they, uh-huh, mm -hmm, yeah, cool. Mm. And you're like, oh, this is awkward. Um, so I like to think about it more from the perspective of empathetic listening, which is really like, can I can I just be empathetic or understanding? And so I think about it from the perspective of, can I just try to get where this person's coming from? I don't need to force my opinion. I don't need to come into the conversation with judgments. I don't need to be right or wrong. It's not about that. Can I just be a neutral place who's here to listen, understand, and connect? And from that place, you build a foundation of trust. And from trust is when you actually start to form the connection that leads to things like influence, being able to sell, being able to lead, being able to have a great relationship with somebody and so forth. Listening is definitely something that comes up a lot when it comes to communication skills training. And one of the things that you hit on is some people take it too far with the physical side of it, the eye contact, the, the body language, just like with anything, a strength when it becomes too strong can become a weakness. So if yeah. you are just, you're too great at the eye contact. And as you said, you're like locking yeah, in, you're going <laughs> to make people a little nervous and right. they might sh shut down. It's going to have that opposite right. impact. So I like this idea of empathetic listening. Really, it's about understanding the other per person's point of view. And I think a lot of people miss a key component of listening is in order to be a really good listener is you have to ask effective questions. You yeah. really need to be able to get the person to open up, to talk be, in order for you to just be able to listen by nature. Right. They have to, to start talking. And a lot of that goes into your prep work, whether it is just for you know, a discussion you're having with a family member or it's a big client. What did you do on the front end to prep so that you, you have effective questions lined up? You know what you might ask later, but and you have those in reserve. But when you're prepared with really strong, effective questions, it allows you not to constantly be worrying about what am I going to ask next? What am I going right. to say next? Focus in, really understand where they're coming from and try to find that connection point mentally. 
you know, I may not have gone through exactly what Alex has gone through, but is there something similar right. in my life that I can relate? And that's really where empathy comes from. And it definitely helps build that trust, build that credibility. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And you brought up a, a really good point about the preparation of the questions. But then when you're in the conversation, you release the attachment of like, I got to get through all these questions and let the conversation flow naturally. And if you have this empathetic hat on, so to speak, and someone shares something with you and you think about, all right, well, how would that impact my business? Man, if I had to spend an extra five hours a week just simply rekeying these things, that would frustrate me. That sounds like that might be a pretty frustrating task. They say, oh, yeah, it drives me crazy. It distracts me from doing all these other things. And then the next mm -hmm. thing you know, because you were genuinely trying to understand them and it wasn't a tactic, but you were really trying to understand their world, you actually, you forget that you're, you actually like get into a flow of the conversation, yeah. right? And, and now you're just with them and that client can feel that you're with them and that you care and that you pay, you're paying attention. And then back to your point with the preparation, you could be like, all right, cool. Well, so what else? Well, you know, another thing I wanted to, to check in on with you is the next prepared question, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I love that you brought that point up. I think that's a really important one as well. You need to be prepared enough to be able to abandon the game plan. And that's where a yeah, lot exactly. of people falter, especially on the sales side, where they go in with their game plan, their agenda for this conversation, for this meeting, and a client may be giving you gold, but if you're yeah. not willing to just stop and follow that trail, because it's going to lead to something typically pretty good, but you're just locked into, okay, good, thank right. you, next Right. Next question yeah. it becomes an interview versus a dialogue and really focusing in on what's most important. to them. Right. Absolutely. And sometimes just to add one more thing is sometimes I see, and I did, I did this a lot throughout my whole sales career. I kind of forgot to bring this up is while I was selling, I always did training and coaching for sales reps too. And that was the part that was the most fulfilling for me. It's one of the ways I connected the dots to do what I do with Evolve. And I remember I would be in meetings with some folks and they weren't all new sales reps. Some of them have been seasoned and around the block where a client would share something really, maybe some really tough news that happened to them personally. And they would just graze right over it and keep going with the sales meeting. And, and I'd be like, no, 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 stop. <laughs> They'd be like, oh yeah, you know, we just had a death in the family. Oh, okay. So are, will, will you be, will you be rescheduling your meeting for next week? It's like, please acknowledge them as a human. Right. Yes. And so I see that often too, with, with sales professionals, a lot of times, uh, a lot of people in different categories were mm -hmm. because they're in a business setting, they forget to be a human. Yeah. And we can't do that. Right. The, uh, we're all humans at the, at the end of the day, the common denominator, of everything we're doing is the human relationship. And so anyway, I'll, I'll pause there, but that's another big element of it too. It is. It's so important really to slow down take in what the person's saying yeah. and really react and respond to that versus just waiting right. to move on because you're going to fall into that trap of somebody either puts out something very important or puts out something maybe very sensitive, or as you mentioned, personal. Right. And if you just plow through that, it's a great way to damage relationship and yes. destroy any type of trust or credibility that you may have when you say, Oh, I'm here to help. I really care about your business. But if you're not listening to the challenge that they're putting out there, it kills credibility. So spot on. Alex, as you think about the work that you're doing, I know you said you, you work a lot with your small business, uh, especially in the, the startup space, which I haven't worked a lot there, but just have to imagine it's a very interesting space to be in, just with so much going on, things changing so rapidly. It's a fast-paced environment. What are you seeing you, perhaps in that space or some of the most important or maybe lacking skills when it comes around soft skills or communication? 
Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I think a lot of it does come down to a lack of self-awareness, a lack of putting effort around emotional intelligence. I think that these have become buzz phrases that are often either overlooked uh, or dismissed. I think for some people it might rub them the wrong way, like ah, emotional intelligence, that's not for me. Or, mm -hmm. oh, self-awareness. Yeah, I'm totally, I'm super self-aware. I, I got it. And they move on. Whatever the case may be for each, for any, any individual, I do find that it doesn't get the attention that it deserves because the more emphasis that I've put on it and other successful leaders and sales professionals and entrepreneurs that I know who do put emphasis on a self-awareness practice, expanding on their emotional intelligence, especially in a couple of key category or areas that I could talk on more later. But that to me, like that's the secret weapon. That is the superpower that gets you the influence, that gets you the sale. It gets you clarity in yourself and your purpose. It gets you understanding with other people. It gets you better decision-making. I think we live in a world, and this comes back to the entrepreneurship challenge, where everybody's looking for a quick fix. Everyone's looking for the tips and the tricks. What's the, what's the closing? What's the perfect closing line to close the client? Well, there isn't one, <laughs> right? What's the, what's, the, what's the perfect pickup line to get the guy or gal to date me? What's, what's the fast way to get rich? And that's not ever the approach that, that works. And so when you come back to strengthening the core of who you are, your understanding of who you are and what you care about, it also helps you understand what drives other people, what drives other human behavior. And so when it comes to what's lacking with entrepreneurs, there's a lot of it is, not doing the internal work that's needed to make smart business decisions, not doing the work around improving communication skills so they can articulate, uh, they can have an articulate message for their client, not doing the work that leads to human connection and influence so you can actually close clients, raise capital, get business partners, have employees come work with you and trust you for the long term. And there's so much more of a focus on, I need to raise capital for my mobile app or this startup. And I want to be a unicorn and I'm, and you're not really listening to feedback and you're not, you're not being open to feedback from both customers and maybe other business advisors. And it, it almost, it results in entrepreneurs powering through with the hustle and the grind, but they got blinders on and they're missing mm -hmm. major signals along the way. And so that's part of what I train on. Yeah, we're going to talk about communication and, and how to sell. But before we get there, I want to train on the foundational stuff that I think is most important before we get to that other stuff. So, And I, I was going to ask what advice you would have for somebody who you know, realizes that they're not self-aware, but in and of itself, if they realize they're not self-aware, they're likely somewhat self-aware, but right, exactly. somebody out there that has been told you need to work on self-awareness. Here's what we're seeing. How, how does somebody go about starting that journey of developing self-awareness? Yeah, I love that. So I think the first thing that everyone should accept, I mean, please just, just take both of our words for it, that communication skills is your superpower. I mean, there is not a job function or a person in the world who would not significantly benefit from communication skills. And then from our perspective, kind of our channel in is, you know, to take it a step deeper, the self-awareness and the EQ elements. And so to answer your question of how someone goes on this journey, one, adopt the mindset that it is learnable. It's, it's practicable, right? It's improvable. It's not either you're born with it or you're not. Maybe some people have 
you know, an inclination uh, to being a little bit better communicators or kind of just kind of get people mm -hmm. a little better than others, but everyone can improve on this skill with practice. So the first thing is accept that you can get better at it and you should, it's an important skill. The second, the next thing I would encourage people to do is approach conversations with releasing your ego, your judgments, your opinions, and allow yourself to actually, this is actually a practice. You can strengthen this just like a muscle practice being one, probably one of the better phrases that's also overlooked, just calm, cool, and collected. You don't mm -hmm. need to be right, right? What, what is it? How to win friends and influence people. No one likes to know it all. No one wants you to steamroll them with how much, you know, even if you win the argument, what happens? People don't like you. <laughs> yeah. So, so can you, so can you approach conversations by being less judgmental and really just curious and compassionate and seeking to understand where that other person's coming from. And that comes back to the empathy piece we were talking about earlier. And then a third thing I would add to this list. So first is accept that it's learnable. You can improve on it. Second, approach conversations with, I don't need to be right. I don't need to push my agenda, my judgments, my opinions. I just want to be here with this person, just present with them, understanding, compassionate, curious, where are they coming from? I just want to connect. And then the third thing, I strongly encourage people to do for some people, this might sound a little woo woo, like I could skip this step, but it's a massively powerful exercise is journaling. And I was doing this, not realizing it was so powerful. This was years ago when I was going through some career struggles. At the end of the day, I just would get ideas and I would just write them down on a Google doc. And sometimes mm -hmm. I'd write for five minutes and sometimes I'd write for an hour and a half. And those docs, those, the content on those Google docs led to clarity in my career decisions relationships, business ideas, online course ideas, training programs years later. But what it does in the moment is it helps you process your thoughts and it helps you get clarity on who you really are and what you really care about and kind of why you, why you see things the way you do, why you approach relationships the way you do. And I would encourage people to just open up a Google Doc or write on a journal. What went well today? What maybe didn't go so well today? What conversations did I have that really lit me up, that energized me? Follow that path. What conversations maybe didn't go so well and I felt triggered? Why did I feel triggered? Why should it bother me so much if someone says something, I mean, especially in the political climate these days, either side that you're on, you say something, mm -hmm. and, oh, I get so, right? People get so triggered. It's just words. Mm -hmm. why, did they, why do they impact us so much? And the more we journal and reflect on where we're coming from and why we think the things we do and see the world the way that we do, it not only gives us clarity in ourselves, which turns it, which as a byproduct of clarity is confidence and good and better decision-making, but it also helps us understand and have more compassion for other people. You show up in your next conversation with like, you know, man, I got offended uh, the other day because I was actually just having a bad day, not because that person said something that was so offensive. Now, if I get that language back from somebody else, maybe I could be like, hey, maybe they're just having a bad day and I don't have to take it so personally, mm -hmm. right? And so from showing up with more of an observer mentality and more neutral, understanding that this is all learnable and practicable, if you will, and that you could, at the end of the day, recap it all with a journal exercise, that will change your whole life. You'll be a different person in a few months. Alex, those are great tips. Thank you for sharing those. And the big thing, it's learnable. And we, we see this a lot here at Communispond when we work with people or clients around public speaking presentation skills. So many people are fearful of this, think they'll never be able to improve on these skills, but they are 
absolutely teachable, learnable yeah. skills. And same thing for us, a big part of it begins with self-awareness. And we do that a lot through videotaping or you know, not videotaping, yeah, dating myself there a little bit. Recording yeah, yeah, I, do, I say the same thing. Digital yeah. camera, but you, when, when you get up there and you see your, your baseline, am I saying, um, every other word, am I clasping my hands in front of me, fidgeting, shifting, whatever it may be, right. you start to become more aware of the things that you do. Then you practice the, the correct way to do them. You get correction from the, the facilitator, just like if you were playing a sport. Exactly. If you're a golfer and you're working with a golf pro on your swing. Exactly. They might record you doing your swing and then start to stop you, turn the club head, whatever it may be. I'm not a golfer. I'm just going to pretend like I know what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. But that was a good analogy. It worked. Exactly. I, I made it work. Yeah, but yeah. As, you, as you kind of be, you develop that awareness, that's really the first step towards changing the behaviors. And really when it comes to training, that's, that's what it's all about is how do we change behaviors to help people be more successful and whatever they're doing successful yeah. in their communication, the relationships at home, successful in dialogue with clients, successful in presenting their idea to the board, right? Any of those areas begin with the self-awareness, then figure out what do I need to do to change? Yeah. Awesome. That's spot on. I love that. And I would, I would add, because everything you said is so spot on the simple act of observing the most honest observation is going to be a recording like, right. Of some sort, but then to change is actually they're just small adjustments consistently over time. It's not like one day it has to be this massive radical change to your whole life. It's only small adjustments to the conversations you're already having, the presentation you're already trying to give, the thing you're already trying to do. And I think when people think about it that way, that it's small and not, it, it becomes, it feels like less of this like insurmountable thing that I could never accomplish. Right. And so I think that's a good, yeah. I, I love that that's your approach with, uh, with your clients. So that's fantastic. You've hit on a few things so far, Alex, about your career journey and things that you've done to help you. But if you had to really nail it down or pinpoint it, one key thing that has helped you, a communication skill, soft skill, that has helped you in your career to get you to where you are today, what would you say that would be? Uh, man, just one. I, I would love to say two if I can, but I think- the, I'll, the, I'll give you two. I'll, I'll allow it. <laughs> the, the one, the big thing for me is really- um, I, I, I would say I, I naturally am inclined to care about people. I, and, you know, I, I am a fairly empathetic person. I'm not trying to like act like I'm on my high horse mm -hmm. here, but I do, I do just genuinely care about people. And so one of the things that I've always been able to do is I've always been able to pretty quickly connect with all different walks of life. And I approach conversations very neutral. I'm, I'm really not judgmental unless you literally give me a reason to feel some negative way, like mm -hmm. a real reason. I don't really judge people. I just kind of, you know, let them live. And so I think people can feel that from me because I do listen. I want to understand. I'm genuinely curious about other people. And I think people feel like a, a connection to me because of that. Um, I think part of that is also trained through communication skills training to make sure that I'm showing that. Because I had a coach a few years ago who told me that I actually, by nature, have a little bit of like a resting kind of like grim face, which, which does not make people feel particularly comfortable. Mm -hmm. So like my resting face could look like this, even though I'm like genuinely listening mm -hmm. and, 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 and engaged. And so I've had to soften up the communication a little bit to kind of open the portal that like, Hey, I'm here and I'm, I'm not judgmental. I'm listening to understand. So I think that's one thing. And then the second thing, if I could sneak it in there was really just practicing when it's my turn to speak, trying to be concise, confident in my delivery, articulate, and really hammer a message home that lands for people 
and, and making sure that it's tailored for the person that I'm talking to. And so I think those two things have been the thing that has maybe allowed me to be successful in my, in my sales career. Yes. If you are really going at it with that, I'm going to say open mind or this idea of, I want to help people. I value people. You know, I, I appreciate them and what they're bringing to the table that really that positive mindset. And then also really listening and tailoring your message back. I think those are two tools that definitely set you up for success. And very similar to you, I have kind of, when I'm not like talking, I'm just like, yeah. like this. And I remember you know, even years ago when I worked in college, I worked in a grocery store on the weekends all throughout college. And I do remember yeah. people telling me before, Scott, you got to just lighten up a little bit while you're here because I'm yeah. just doing my job. And it's like, yeah, one, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a relatively big guy. And so you combine that with like a, a not to say a mean face, but a, right. a, a neutral to meanish face. Right. Customers aren't as apt to come up to you and ask if they need help. Right. And so, so kind of hearing that I had to you know, adjust a little, little bit because knowing part of my job there was to interact with the customers, answer questions, make sure that their, their needs were being met. So it really yeah. goes back to that self-awareness, whether you're aware of it or somebody brings it to your attention and then being open. And being open part of success is being open to feedback, understanding it, and then figuring out, okay, what can I do to change, to move things forward? That's exactly right. Spot on. That's funny though. I can picture you going into the grocery store and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to find the sugar on my own. I'm not going to ask that guy. (laughs) Yeah. It worked out to my benefit a little bit. I didn't maybe have to do as much, but (laughs) I understood where, where my colleagues were coming from, right? It's like, no one's going to talk to Scott, this big grumpy guy over in the corner, you know, stacking grapes up or whatever. That's awesome. Um, That's funny. Alex, who was someone from throughout your career that maybe you know them personally, family member, colleague, maybe it's just an authority figure in the space, but somebody who has influenced your style. What what was it that, that you've taken from them and made your own? I think it's, it's certainly a combination of a handful of people. I would say one of them is my dad. Since I was little, one of the things he always pressed on me was just leave people and things better than you found them. And obviously, you know, you can't bat a thousand, but if you approach situations that way, where I'm just going to try to leave that person in a little bit of a better mood, hey, I was helpful. Hey, I was here for you. Hey, I listened to the degree that you can. I think it goes a long way. It also makes you feel good too. But that was something with my dad. He was, you know, very good communicator, very, uh, you know, warm, loving guy. He could be serious when he needed to, but otherwise, um, you know, he felt that presence. My professor in college, Bob Halliday, um, he was the professor for the emotional intelligence in the workplace class that I took that probably changed my life. It changed everything for me because it taught me this type of this education. And then I went on to be a, a paid student consultant in the class and we would work in teams, do feedback reports, the whole thing it was phenomenal. And that set the stage for kind of how I navigated my career. And then I think the, the third and I think the third and final individual is a manager that I had uh, named uh, Frank DeFrancesco. He was the first person to kind of turn me on to, I was a financial advisor. We had to practice our sales presentation and he really enforced in us the importance of practicing and, and practicing in a, in like a calm, smooth way that kind of like you were saying earlier, you know, you know, it so well, you could abandon the plan if you need to, I guess maybe because it was my first job too. I never really thought about it that way, but we practiced our presentation and all different possibilities of questions that we could get so much. I mean, 
like a ridiculous amount. And he was such a calm communicator. People, people very, very quickly felt the trust with him and, uh, and connection with him. And so I kind of like embodied a little bit of the way that he had his delivery. And like, you know, when we're talking about the markets and your retirement plan, and he kind of had this like smooth way about him. And I remember I kind of would just like model his communication style. But the takeaway with him really was practice it, own it, know it, know it to your core. You could do it in your sleep. You could do it in front of a room of 5,000 people. At any given moment, you could deliver the message that you needed to. I, um, I think I got a lot of that from him. So those would be, I would say, the main people who had influenced my career or my communication Excellent. style. Yeah, thank you for sharing those. I always love hearing the stories around that question. And more often than not, a family member does come up, whether it was a parent, sibling, spouse things like that. So it's really cool to hear the influence that people have on others throughout their career. And I think the goal, I'm sure you and I both share that is at some, some point uh, in the future, people would, would be referencing us as, well, you know, I yeah. worked with this guy, Alex, you know, long ago, he is so, so great in his communication style. And Hopefully. I just remember uh, one of the things from my dad that always stuck with me was this idea of measure twice, cut once. And you know, we were, he's very handy always doing projects around the house. I was his little like parrot when, when, when I was a kid over his shoulder, looking to see what he was doing. And which is great. Cause now I'm very handy. I can fix things around my house, but there was something that always stuck as you know, were cutting a piece of wood, measure twice, cut once. If you cut too much off, you, you can't put that back on. And yeah. for me, there's so many parallels to business and to leadership and to communication around this concept. If you are getting ready to, to fire off an email Maybe reread it. Right? Reread it. Yes. One check for any errors because once you send it, it's very difficult to get it back. Right. Uh, or maybe you're sending it when you're upset. You probably right. should pause, step back, take another beat on it before you send it and realize, is this the best thing to go out? So, yeah. Oh, man. The email one is huge. I, I literally had a client where I would, I started getting in the habit of this uh, in my career, but I was like, before you ever write an email, I want you to go up to the sender and I want you to delete their email out of there. And then you can write it or write it in a separate draft. And then I want you to walk away from your computer for at least 10 minutes and then come back and read it again. Do you like what you said? He was a, he was, he was a passionate individual. Let's leave it at that. Um, so yeah, you're, you're spot on with that one. That's, that's funny, but very true. Yeah. Taking the person's address out of the two line is always, regardless of any email, if you're drafting something yeah. up, get their name out of there because you don't want to accidentally send it. Or as you yeah. mentioned, send it when you are, too emotional, upset, frustrated, whatever it may be, get their name out of there. Gives you time to pause, to reflect before, before you put it out there into the universe. Yes, definitely. As we wrap up, Alex, what piece of advice would you have for somebody that maybe they're fresh out of school, looking to enter the workforce, mid-career, trying to make a pivot, starting their own company, whatever it may be, what's a piece of advice that you would like to leave them with around communication skills and the importance that they're going to play throughout their journey? Yeah. I mean, I, I wish everyone understood that communication skills, strong interpersonal skills, all these interchangeable terms, right? Soft skills, people skills, whatever. They are the single most important skill that anyone can develop for a successful career and also a happy and successful life with your, you know, personally, and professionally period. And you, you don't even like have to take our word for it, right? We love this topic. We know how mm -hmm. important it is, but I mean, a LinkedIn study came out, I think it was maybe 2018 or 2019 where they, you know, they researched hundreds of thousands of companies all and LinkedIn is some of the best data, if not right. They have, mm -hmm. It's LinkedIn. 
And they say that they said the number one most important skill that employers are looking for in their people is around interpersonal skills and interpersonal communication. And under those categories are the interchangeable um, self-awareness and the ability to take feedback and communicate well and get along with others and collaborate in teams, right? And so the takeaway here is like, if you can just recognize that strengthening your communication skills will change your life and change your career, even if you're not that client facing on a regular basis, that would be probably the one thing that I wish I could just shout from the rooftops. And I try to with my content every day on LinkedIn, but that's the biggest one. It does not matter if you're a software engineer, if you're a software sales, if you're in finance or in marketing, the common denominator to every single thing in your career and in your life is people and relationships, right? You got to communicate your value to get the job, right? If you're in an interview, you could be a better software developer than the guy or gal next to you. And they communicate better in the interview and they're more likable and have a, have a, a more of agreeableness as it relates to working with somebody. They might not even be as good as you. They're going to get the job over you every time. Um, I've been at an organization where the lead software engineer, who was a brilliant, brilliant guy, got let go because clients didn't enjoy interacting with them as much. And I'm sure he never saw that coming. So my advice to anybody starting out or anyone who's looking for more success in their career, whether you're an entrepreneur, you're in sales, doesn't matter your department. You could be in any department. You want more success in your career and in your personal life. Practice your communication skills. Practice your strengthening your self-awareness, emotional intelligence, things like empathy and trust and emotional management, right? Not getting all triggered and, and pissed off when you hear something you don't like. Those things will be your secret weapons to success in your career. Communication skills as the secret weapon. Absolutely love it. They will take you far. There's not one aspect of life where improving your communication skills will not also improve that aspect of life. So Alex, thank you so much for joining me today. Really enjoyed the conversation. Hope you have a great day. Thank you so much. Appreciate being here. Thank you. Take care. A special thanks again to my guest, Alex Resnick. Alex really nailed it with his point about communication skills being superpowers and how there isn't an area in life that would not be positively impacted by improved communication skills. As always, if you haven't done so, please be sure to subscribe to Communicast so that you can be notified of new episodes. Thanks and have a great day.